Hello, Hillside. Excuse me, I'm going to move this back just a little bit. I sway. <laughs> hey, I'm Stephen Weissong. It is good to be with you. We are in our Dream House series, and we've been looking at how we can have a life formed by wisdom through the teachings in the book of Proverbs. And today we're going to be looking at wisdom personified, who wisdom is. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. Jesus is wisdom personified. But what does this mean for us in the here and now? Well, here's what we believe. We believe that when we find Jesus, we find the source of all wisdom. Here's what I mean by that. When I was a little Stephen, I'm a big Stephen now, but when I was a little Stephen, my parents would want to go places where my brothers and I couldn't go with them. And so what they would do is they would bring someone to the house called a babysitter. And one of our favorite babysitters was a woman named Shirley Lincoln. And I'll never forget Shirley Lincoln. Now, Shirley was a little older in years and not as active as some of our other babysitters, but we loved her. We loved her because whenever she came over, she told us stories. And so Shirley, she would enter the house. She would say farewell to my parents. She would shut the door behind them. And then she would turn to us with a bright sparkle in her eyes. And she would go to where our closet was, where the towels were, and she'd find the biggest towel. She'd take the towel out and put it down in the living room. And my brothers and I, we would gather around and Shirley would be smoothing out the corners of the towel. And then Shirley would sit down on the towel. Now, at this point, it wasn't a towel anymore. It was a magic carpet. And then Shirley would invite my brothers and I to sit down on the magic carpet and she would open us up to a world of imagination and tell us about these fantastical lands and sweep us off into heroic adventures. And I remember once my foot slipped off the towel one time as she's telling the story and all of a sudden Shirley goes, and a gust of wind smacked the boys as they were flying up, escaping the fire-breathing dragon. And Stephen lost his balance and began to plummet to the ground. And my two brothers, they came over, they started grabbing my arms, and they pulled me back. Whew, that was a close one. I'll never forget Shirley Lincoln. For me, Shirley personified imagination. Because of her, I became captivated with the wonder and power of stories. And I'm sure we can all think of people who have personified godly attributes in our lives. Some people personify peace, joy, or if you think about someone, they personify grace or humility or love. Shirley Lincoln personified imagination in creativity for me. And when it comes to Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate personification of who God is. And specifically for us today, Jesus is the personification of wisdom. And because Jesus walked 
on this earth, accomplishing what he came to accomplish. We are able to read scripture through Jesus-colored glasses. I'm an Enneagram 7, so I see the world through rose-colored glasses. So I thought it would be fitting today to go, no, we see scripture through Jesus-colored glasses. And it's easy to see the connection of wisdom in Proverbs to the person of Jesus when we look through our Jesus-colored glasses. Listen to Proverbs 8, 15, and then 30 and 31. This is the voice of wisdom speaking. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Verse 30, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. Now we're going to look at Colossians 1, 15 through 16. Listen to this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Now, in Proverbs, whenever wisdom is personified, it's as a woman calling out, standing at a crossroads, telling people to hear her voice, and through our Jesus-colored glasses and the work of the Holy Spirit, we see the truth that Jesus now stands in the place of Lady Wisdom. Jesus is wisdom herself personified in human form. So what is wisdom? This week, I took a jab at trying to define for myself what wisdom is, and here's what I ended up with. Wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective and live accordingly. That's what wisdom is. It's the ability to see life from God's perspective and live accordingly. Wisdom is something that needs air to breathe and space to grow. Becoming wise doesn't just happen. If you want to see life from God's perspective, you have to know Jesus. Wisdom is built in a lifelong relationship with Jesus by giving Jesus our heart, mind, body, and soul. And it's true. I was thinking about it. Wisdom with worldly things like finances, life decisions, habit building, leadership, those things grow, they can grow with age and experience. But the developed wisdom that God wants for us while we are on this earth grows from a devoted and surrendered life to Jesus. And it is that relationship with Jesus that informs all of our other life choices. So wisdom is the ability to see life from God's perspective and live accordingly. And the good news is that God's perspective became a person named Jesus to show us the way to have a wisdom-rich life. In Jesus, wisdom is our friend. And I don't know why, but thinking about Jesus being wisdom personified, I started to think about the Wizard of Oz. That movie, it was the first movie that introduced the world to Technicolor. 
Before that movie came out, everything was filmed in gray. And then all of a sudden, Dorothy leaves Kansas and she enters into a world of color. And Dorothy teams up with some friends in Oz to follow the yellow brick road to go to the Wizard of Oz, the mighty Wizard of Oz, and gain his wisdom. And if you've seen the movie, you've had decades to see the movie, so I'm not spoiling anything here. Uh, but eventually they do get to Oz and they meet the wizard and he certainly looks powerful and mighty. But then if you've seen the movie, Toto goes behind this curtain and pulls the curtain open and the truth is revealed. The wizard of Oz is just a regular dude, a traveling salesman who's conned his way into a position of power because he created some cool special effects. And we live in a time where people are desperately wondering, what is true? Because people will put their beliefs and hopes into all sorts of things that seem true. And then the curtain opens. And people are lonely, disillusioned, angry, depressed, and empty. The mighty promises of success or happiness or a political agenda or a media story or even going into a church. It could be a career opportunity or an authority figure or that easy way to get out of debt. Whatever it is, people have seen it and then it turns out to be not exactly what they thought they were getting. And people have become skeptical, hard-hearted, and negative. I don't know if you've felt that in our world. But the good news is that God is exactly who he says he is. And when the curtain was finally time to open, for God to reveal himself to us, he was perfect in the most unexpected way. And the New Testament writers are adamant about us seeing this and understanding this. And when Jesus walked onto the scene on earth, the New Testament writers want us to know that he was God in human form. He was wisdom personified. And so the point is this. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. We looked at Colossians 1.15 already, but here's what it says. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So here's a fun fact about life. The only way that you know what your face looks like, seriously, the only way you know what your face looks like is because you've seen it in a reflection or you've had a picture of yourself taken. Without those things, without the reflection, the picture, you would have no idea what your face actually looks like. But because you can see your image in the reflection, or the picture, you know what you look like. And hint, hint, you look fearfully and wonderfully made. It's true. And because of Jesus, the Bible says we have seen the image of God walking with us. Paul in Colossians is saying that Jesus, when he uses the word image, he's saying that Jesus is the exact reflection, the exact representation of God for us. Jesus is the reflection of God. In his essence, God is invisible, but Jesus has revealed him to us. When you look at nature, when you see creation, nature reveals the existence and power 
of God, but nature can't reveal the very essence of God to us. It is only in Jesus that the invisible God is revealed. And we see this truth throughout the New Testament, and here are a couple of examples. The gospel writer John makes this declaration about Jesus, uh, John 1.14, so the word became human and made his home among us. Now, in the Greek, John says that Jesus tabernacled with us. Now, the tabernacle was a huge tent where God's presence dwelled among his people in the Old Testament. So it's a throwback. If you know Old Testament history, if you know the people of the Israelite, John is throwing you back to the tabernacle. And what he's saying is Jesus is God's presence in human form, walking with us. It's awesome. One day, one of Jesus' disciples named Philip says this to Jesus. Philip doesn't have many speaking roles in the New Testament gospel stories, but this is one of them. Uh, I love it. (laughs) Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Wow, Philip. (laughs) Way to put yourself out there. Okay. But it gave Jesus a a chance to respond and say this. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? The window display of a store in the business world is what gets you from moving by to walking in. Window displays pop up on the internet all the time for us, and the window display is what gets you into the store. And here Jesus is telling Philip, he's saying that he is the window display of God on earth. It's like Jesus is saying, if you want to know what God is like, look at me. Jesus is saying, I'm God in a bod. You've seen, you can uh, tweet that out later, okay. (laughs) Uh, And just like how a window display gets you into the store, Jesus is what gets God into us. The writer of Hebrews writes this, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. When Jesus is on trial before he is crucified, the high priest asks him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And Jesus says this, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror. I mean, Jesus, what an odd thing to say. Jesus, what a peculiar thing to say. If this wasn't so odd or so peculiar, the high priest wouldn't have tore his clothes. So what's the big deal? In Jesus' unfair trial before the religious leaders, Jesus drops a truth bomb claim about how he sees himself. Jesus says, I am. That is the name God gives to Moses from the burning bush. And then Jesus takes the the phrase, the son of man. He takes that phrase found in Daniel chapter 7 and he applies it to himself. It sounds so outrageous to the high priest. He tears his clothing in horror because Jesus in that moment is claiming he is fully divine and shares the exact same authority and power as Yahweh. And let me clue you in, you don't do that. Only if you believe it or you're insane. 
And Jesus believed it. And because Jesus made this claim, that's reason for us to rejoice and celebrate today. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians 1.30. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. So something amazing happened on earth when Jesus walked on it. Because Jesus lived in perfect obedience in life, his death on the cross was perfect to redeem and free us from sin. And because Jesus rose from the grave through belief in Jesus, it's Jesus's power in us that makes us right, pure, and holy with God. So listen, salvation isn't behavior modification. Salvation is all about restoration with our Father in heaven. And Jesus had to become the visible image of the invisible God for us to see that. Jesus is God's perspective, the living and breathing power and wisdom of God burst forth in human form on earth. So when you look at Jesus, we know exactly what God is like. Uh, I was told a joke recently by a hillsider. Here's what it is. I don't know if she's in here, but shout out to Lisa Hudson. She told me this, and I'm going to use it everywhere I go. All right. Are you, are you ready? Are you in the mood for a joke? Okay. What's the difference between God and a controlling Christian? You're already laughing. I didn't tell you to see the punchline. Okay, here, here, here's the answer. Nothing. They both love you and have a plan for your life. <laughs> I'm taking that everywhere. That's going around the world. But God's love and plan for your life is perfect. And in Jesus, we see God's wisdom. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, For God made Christ who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, a new life has begun. God's wisdom personified in Jesus walked with us to set us free from a pattern of a gray and broken world so we could walk freely in the vibrant and alive reality of God's goodness. And if we want heavenly wisdom, we have to walk in the way of Jesus. In the way of the cross, the way of Jesus is not a display of human power. It is the unexpected way of humility. Wisdom, according to God, looks foolish to human beings. Listen to what Paul says. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. And so because of Jesus, we have access to a better kind of wisdom than anything that this world could ever dream to offer us. We just have to believe that Jesus is enough for us. If we walk in the way of Jesus, walk down his path, 
We will be transformed by his grace and empowered by his wisdom from the inside out. If you love Jesus from your heart, the rest of your life will follow. Paul in Romans 12, 1 says this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And the way that God changes the way we think happens best when we put God's word, when we bring God's word to everything on our inside. So the more that we get into God's word, the more it changes, the more it transforms the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we live. And so listen to what wisdom says in Proverbs 8. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. And then wisdom says this, and I love it. Common sense and success belong to me. You ever looked at the world and gone, where's the common sense? Well, it belongs to Jesus. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. So I started thinking, wisdom is book smart and street smart. It's the best of both. Wisdom from Jesus gives us the common sense of heaven rather than the common sense of the world. And so wisdom is the decision to live your life walking with Jesus. And that's the big question. What does any of this mean for our lives right now as we pursue our walk with Jesus? Well, here's how I think we can walk wisely. The first thing is this. Choose what you think about. If you want to walk wisely, choose what you think about. Philippians 4.8 says this. Think about things that are true. Noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what we think about matters. How we think about things matters. I like to say that your attitude affects your altitude. And if your attitude is fixed on true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, you're going to walk more confidently in life. You'll experience more peace. You'll probably be more kind. You'll be more willing to forgive. And I actually believe you'll be able to show people more love. But if your attitude, if your thoughts are being pulled down by negative thoughts, I think we plant ourselves in places Jesus is actually calling us to walk away from. Jesus wants us to walk above the clouds of negativity and live in the reality of his kingdom. And the kingdom of Jesus is filled with, guess what? What is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. The more that you think about these things, the more we'll see the kingdom of heaven collide with our lives. So choose what you think about. The next thing is this, choose what you say. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue can bring death and life. Your words are powerful, so use them carefully. Back in December, I went to Brazil with my wife, Susana, and we got to visit with her family, and we took Susana's niece, Bella, to go see the movie Encanto. And it was dubbed in Portuguese, so I didn't understand anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, okay, I'm going to try to figure out the story from the picture. So uh, when we got home, I finally watched, we watched Encanto in English, 
And uh, I finally got to hear the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Uh, and there's this great line. They say, we don't talk about Bruno, but, and then they start talking about Bruno. <laughs> and if we are not careful with how we use our words, I think we do the same thing in our lives. We'll go, we don't talk about gossip, but we, we don't judge others, but we don't let explicit words come from our mouths, but we have to be careful with what we say. Jesus says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So every day, your words reveal what's in your heart. So choose your words wisely. Fill your heart with God's goodness, and goodness will flow out of what you say. Now, this isn't to say that we don't offer correction or feedback or rebuke. But those correcting words have to be wrapped in what is true, noble, right, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy if we want them to be heard and have any real value. So choose what you think about, choose what you say, and then choose what you look at. Choose what you look at. Guard your eyes. Be careful what you look at. Be mindful of what you read and watch. Jesus cautioned that if you look at the wrong things, your whole body will be full of darkness. But he also said if your eyes are good, your whole body will be filled full of light. So each day, gaze at Jesus and glance at life. When you look at Jesus, life tastes good. Relationships are appreciated. Your future is secure. Your thoughts about yourself are more uplifting. Your attitude is more Christ-like. Your view of the world is more loving. You become more wise the more you gaze at Jesus. Gazing at Jesus will help you make choices now that you will be happy with later. When you gaze at Jesus, you'll see the opportunity to bring a little more wonder a little more imagination, and a whole lot more of your unique gifts to the people around you. So choose what you think about, choose what you say, choose what you look at, and then finally choose where you go. One of the great themes of the whole Bible is simply this, walk in the ways of the Lord. You see that throughout the whole Bible, God wants us to walk with him through life. Wherever we go, we take God with us. When Jesus calls the disciples, you know what he says? He says, follow me. And then you know what they all do together? They walk together. Walk with Jesus and you will learn the way of Jesus. And Jesus walked everywhere he went. We never see that he ran anywhere. He walked. So I started thinking, wisdom walks. It doesn't rush. It's not in a hurry. Choose where you go in life wisely. Avoid temptation. Eliminate hurry. And if you have to run, the book of Hebrews says to run with endurance the race God has set before us. Choose where you go, not by the pressures of worldly expectations, but out of the pleasure of being a follower of Jesus. Walking in his way to be light for people around you. Wisdom is more than knowing the difference between what is right and wrong. 
Wisdom is walking in the light of Jesus so we can be light in a dark world. Walk in the way of the Lord and you'll discover the ways of eternal life in a temporary world. And this for me is what wisdom, gaining wisdom, is all about. I heard a story about a man who owned a shirt, and that's a great way to start a story. (laughs) And this guy loved this shirt, and he wore it every chance that he could. And uh, one day he was out walking around the downtown of his city, and as he walked by people, people laughed at him because on the front of the shirt, it said, Fool for Jesus. So people thought that was really funny. They laughed at him. And then he just kept walking by. He walked past. And then the people, when they read what was on the back of the shirt, they stopped laughing because what was written on the back of the shirt was, whose fool are you? If we want to be wise, we have to become fools for Jesus. In Proverbs 8, we learn that wisdom is the architect with God making the world. Wisdom is the architect of the dream house God built. Who is wisdom? It's Jesus. Jesus is the architect of the dream house. He is wisdom personified. So if you want to live in the dream house that God has built for your life, you have to have a relationship. You have to walk with the architect. Let's pray. God, thank you that through Jesus, you have revealed yourself to us. In Jesus, we see wisdom personified. And God, my heart, my my prayer, my heart for us here at Hillside is that our hearts would long to walk in your ways, gaining your wisdom and applying that wisdom to our lives in order to be light and show your love to a world in desperate need of it. God, empower us, transform us. May we get in your word constantly to have our minds renewed and changed to be more in line and more in step with your ways. God, you are so good to us and you are so wise. May we spend our days on this earth seeking that goodness and wisdom. Thank you, God, for who you are, everything you've done for us, your grace, your mercy, and your love poured out for us in the person of Jesus. Bless us as we go in your awesome, awesome name. Amen.